I just want to make a brief introduction and say thank God Ricky Mendez, my next guest, video recorded this podcast, episode 53, from his office. You can see the whole thing on YouTube if you want to watch the video version because my podcast recording software had a, a failure as we were trying to upload the show today. So I basically lost everything. And if it wasn't for Ricky, uh, we would have no episode 53 to share right now. So this is going to be a little different for you guys because the audio quality is, is going to sound different to you. It's not quite as good as it usually is. I'm actually going to sound like I'm the guest because, again, I had to take this software and record it from Ricky's YouTube channel and then upload it into the software. So it was it's, it's not the most ideal but it's the only way for us to uh, be able to save the episode. And, and I thought Ricky shared a lot of really insightful, informative information about mindset and, and all those kind of things. So that's my brief introduction. And let me get out of the way and give you the real introduction now. I hope you guys enjoy. Episode 53 with Ricky Mendez, implementational speaker and business coach who practices a life full of gratitude, a winning mindset positive thoughts, positive thinking, ways to develop the brain muscle, which is so important in all things in life. And uh, Ricky's been a successful salesperson, COO, and now a uh, implementational slash motivational type speaker who helps businesses grow, helps businesses flourish, helps individuals, um, each individual within the business change their mindset or improve their mindset so that the entire organization thrives. Uh, really appreciated the insight from Ricky in this episode, and I know you will as well. So without further ado, please welcome the one and only Ricky Mendez. The Optimal Life. Uh, you work out a, how many days a week you working out? Uh, typically around five, five to six probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like to. I, I keep it active. I love the steam room, so I'm a I'm a big steam room guy. So part of it, I do like uh, either cardio and steam, or weights and steam, or might mix all of them together. You ever use the sauna? I don't. I don't. I don't like the dry heat as much. It kind of. I don't know if it dries out my skin or whatever, but it makes me a little itchy. Where the steam room, I never get. I never feel that way after. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You're just you're yeah. dripping there. It's great to talk intoxication. Yeah. Uh, so you're working out. Damn, dude, that's amazing. Are you, are you married? Mm-mm. Not married, no kids. That, that's, that's why you're in Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, have a little bit, I have a little bit of free time. <laughs> I started feeling down on myself. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no. How old are you? I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. 41. 41, okay. You're out in Los Angeles. Yep, on the west side of LA. It's a, a little town, Marina del Rey, just south of Santa Monica. Nice, man. So, yeah, tell us, tell us. So, you're working out six days a week. Obviously, that's a huge part of your lifestyle. Uh, let's go back a little bit uh, to to your earlier days. Where you, where'd you go? Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to uh, I went to a prep school. I went to a high school that was like a boarding school that was in Massachusetts, central Massachusetts, called Cushing Academy. And then I went to um, I played baseball at Wake Forest, so <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship down there and then went down south for four years to North Carolina where Wake is. Oh, that's great. Wow. And then after college, you what, went into sales? Yeah, I, I basically, 
I played. I, I wanted to. One of my goals was to just have somebody pay me to play a game. So I played three years of minor league ball and independent ball, and pretty much just maxed out my talent. And eventually, they told me I wasn't good enough and released me. And uh, and I knew I wanted to be in California, so I literally just packed up. Um, had a friend that offered me a place to stay and uh, moved out to Venice Beach. Um, stayed out there. Didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And, you know, was pretty much living on savings for a while. And, uh, and yeah, man, I, uh, <laughs> I was at a job fair with uh, a coat and tie on. And I, I hate coat and ties. I'm just, I'm a warm-blooded guy, so I sweat a lot. And um, went to a job fair, was literally calling my mom, being like, this sucks, I'm leaving. And then on my way back out of the job fair, um, to be brutally honest, there was a really pretty girl uh, at one of the job fair places. I stopped to talk to her and ended up working at that company for like seven, eight years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And it was all sales. So you were doing sales. Like what kind of sales was it? So we were doing like home improvement sales, man. So we did like, uh, you know, I started off with kitchens and bathrooms and flooring and that kind of stuff. And then started to get into kind of like heating and air conditioning and things that made your home kind of energy efficient and green. Um, yeah, so f- from there, basically, I-, I had I was fortunate. I had a lot of great mentors in sales, and I, I look at sales as literally every single second of every single day, whether we want to admit it or not, we're, we're in sales regardless of what our position is and whether we're an entrepreneur or a W-2 or whatever. Um, and I was I learned kind of, you know, how to contribute and how to be of service to people and build relationships and basically explain value and things like that, so... I, I was fortunate. My first month, I set a record. It was for Sears Home Improvements um, and kind of had a rise over the years. And uh, my claim to fame was kind of the, in 2008, 2009, when kind of the world was falling apart, they had slashed our bonuses. We were making about, I don't know, eight $9,000 a month just on the bonus, not including any commissions or hourly. And they slashed that to the same metrics would get us about 800 bucks. And um, I was like the mayor of Negative Town, man. I was, <laughs> I was leading the charge. By that time, I had made a name for myself and was kind of, you know, I was going around to the, I knew all the different reps and the different offices all around the country. And I was like, look what they're doing, man. Like, we got to leave. We, get, we can't stand for this, yada, yada, yada. And I had a, a great mentor that kind of challenged me and shifted my perspective. Um, for that same metrics that I would have hit, my bonus would have been like, you know, eight, nine hundred bucks, like I said, but... They made this astronomical metric, and the bonus was forty nine thousand six hundred twenty five bucks. But nobody had ever hit those metrics in the history of the company. Um, you know, Sears has been around hundred years. So he challenged me. It was the first time I ever legitimately and sincerely wrote down my goals. It was the first time I ever used them every day. And long story short, I was the first person to hit that goal. And it was a month after I was the mayor of Negative Town. It was a month after this guy challenged me. And I made over 87000 bucks in two weeks. And it was the first time I'd written down my goals. And what I learned was that that wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> and since that day, I've never not written down my goals for the rest of my life. Damn, dude, that is absolutely amazing. That's, that's, that's impressive. So let's talk a little bit about that then. Because you were obviously... Well, first off, it's crazy that they were slashing you guys by like 90% if I was following you along. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is when the market, the housing market was crashing, people were getting laid off, companies were slashing everything, so we were a part of that kind of carnage, what, I guess. What were you learning at that time, man, as you were young in your career, what were you learning that was giving you a uh, competitive advantage against maybe some of your uh, team members or, or what have you, even competitors, how, how you were excelling above, above and beyond, what were some of the things you were beginning to learn about sales? 
Great question. I mean, I, I learned two things, really. One, I learned about goal setting. I learned how serious that is. I learned how it started to affect my conscious to my subconscious mind. I learned how to start to train my brain. That was a big part of it. Um, but what I also learned was accountability. Um, you know, there, the market won't depend no matter what it is, a real estate market, a sales market, whatever it is, the market won't depend on my success. I determine my success. And I, when I really learned that, you know, I was surrounded by an industry, whether it be real estate, whether it be sales or whatever, where people were using the blame game. You know, it becomes exhausting when you start using the blame game. Uh, my, my boss is this, or the, the market is this, or the industry is down, or nobody has money, or any of those things. And really what I learned was it really just deflects self 100% utter accountability. And one of my great mentors taught me, you know, Ricky, if you're good enough, they'll buy it doesn't matter what it is. If you're good enough, they'll buy. If you provide enough value and service, they will see the value of it. And do not let outside factors really dictate your success. Because then you're just a slave to those outside factors. You know, anybody can be successful in a killer market or a killer upturn. But what it's, I think it's the people that learn how to really condition their mind and train the way they think. And they can, you know, essentially have that utter unwavering self-accountability. So when you hit that, that's that's beautiful. When you hit that goal, and you hit that forty nine thousand, and then you know eighty some thousand in two weeks or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what was that? What was that like moment like for you? Um, <laughs> interesting you say that because I, I use this in a lot of my talks. It was, I mean, it was incredible, right? Like I, I remodeled my house. I got I got a car that I had wanted. I got I had started to get some of the things that I wanted on my goal sheet. But what I also learned was. As I started to get those things, it, it was it was incredible because I never made that much money in such a short amount of time. But also, at, at the same time, it was a little bit unfulfilling. I didn't know why. Um, and what I also learned was, I, it's funny I use this picture in my talks a lot. But like, so my dad, he, he loves to vacuum. It's really strange. Like he just vacuums the whole house four times a week. It's it's pretty odd. My mom loves it, but. Uh, but he, he had seen, we had been at my boss's house and he had seen one of those like Dyson vacuums, you know, and he loved it. And he was telling me like, Rick, this does this and it has this suction power and all this stuff. And like, I didn't really identify with it, but because I had made that money in such a short amount of time, I was able to give my dad, I mean, those Dyson vacuums are $2,000 for a vacuum to me was a colossal waste of money, but to be able to give that to my dad, to have the resources to be able to do that made him so happy which made me so happy, then I started to really learn about fulfillment um, and contribution and what I became in terms of a person who understands goal setting and prosperity planning and what I can contribute to other people, that's what I really started to learn about fulfillment and what it meant and how to execute it. So, so that makes a lot of sense. So you, how many years are you into your career at this point? Um, well, I've been in sales for about 10, 12 years as a COO, director of sales, VP of sales. I, and I've been doing speaking and stuff, but I literally just almost a year ago now started my own company and, um, oh, and I just right. do the speaking. When you made, when you made that bonus, what point you were you at? Oh, that was, uh, probably two years into my career. Okay. Wow. That's, that's incredible. So, uh, so you did the thing for about eight years and then, and then did you, is that when you decided to kind of go off on your own or what was... What, what forced you to uh, go off on your own, and when, was, when did that happen? Yeah, that happened a little bit over a year ago, and um, I, I, I had big positions, and you know, I was a COO, VP of sales, and I had big salaries and bonuses and things like that, So, and, and equity of these companies, so it was always 
hard to, you know, that was a, that was a big carrot, you know, so I was always living extremely comfortable. But what I learned was I started doing a lot of staffing and training. And sometimes I would have inconsistent sales results from the people that I was training. And one of my mentors told me, like, Ricky, what you're missing is you're not teaching the mindset and the prosperity planning first. So when I started teaching mindset and prosperity planning first, the trajectory of success went through the roof because people now had a foundation of accountability and basically they started to understand how they can create the life that they want. And when they had that foundation, the sales part became easy. So when I learned that and we had a lot of success, I got more fulfillment from the mindset, the prosperity planning and what I call utopic health than I did from the sales training and the people making money that way. So after I started doing that consistently, I, I had one experience when I spoke to a real estate company and one of the ladies came up to me after and she shared that she implemented part of what I talk about and how it affected her life, her marriage, her kids and her family. And when that happened, that was it for me. That's when I started my company and I was like, that feeling that I got from that contribution helping that person was like, I want more of that. And I, I'm become kind of addicted to it. That's, that's beautiful stuff. Right. Yeah, but moments in life, man, that will just completely, it's like those, those aha moments mm-hmm. where, the, where the light switches on and you're going, holy shit, this is my mission. Right. This is my, yeah. Right. So it took you till uh, about what, like you were what, in your late 30s? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, my late 30s and for about seven, six, seven, eight years, I was, you know, had these big positions and salaries and stuff like that. So I was, I was extremely comfortable and I gave all, I basically gave up equity in the company, a, a huge salary, bonuses, stock options um, to go do free gigs. I mean, I started and, you know, I had to build the business. So I basically did free gigs for four months and spent a whole bunch of money. So my, it was like kind of inverse. I went from making a lot of money to spending not much to spending a boatload and, and not making much in the first four months in terms of that business. Right. So... Uh, so you, you ended up going out on your own, which, which I assume was, I mean, it sounded like it was a no-brainer to you. You were you were in a company, so uh, still never easy, no matter what. So once you started going out on your own, you said that was about a year ago, man. So tell us exactly about like your business and, and, uh, and how you describe yourself. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I look at my business as teaching implementation, and... I've, I've been to, I started investing in myself six, seven, eight years ago, and I started spending a lot of money on different conferences and listening to people speak and, and mentorship and paying people to coach me and all those types of things. So I, I've gone to so many different conferences and seminars and things like that, and I still remember this. One of the first seminars I went to, there are people just writing feverish notes you know, on their yellow pad, and they're just taking notes upon notes upon notes. And then at the end of the two days or end of the day or whatever it is, I look to my left, I look to my right, and I see these people's notes left at the conference. And these things aren't cheap, man, you know? So it's like, I know there was no change in behavior from that person. So I started to think about motivation and inspiration, and I think that's oftentimes very short-lived. And people get motivated, but they don't necessarily implement. So I consider myself an implementational speaker. So I, I deal with, number one, conditioning the mind to take action but it's starting with implementation first, so that will lead to being motivated rather than relying on motivation, which may or may not last. I look at that as an exhaustible resource. Motivation is, is kind of like a light bulb. At some point, it's going to run out of energy. Whereas implementation, if you consistently implement, then it motivates itself. 
So I think it's reverse. And a lot of times people think, oh man, when I get the house or when I get the car, I'm going to be happy. You know, it's, it's reverse. It's, it's put yourself in a state of mind of where you're happy and abundant and prosperous first. Then you can start to attract and receive those things that you want. So I look at his implementation as the first step rather than motivation. It's almost like uh, it's almost like all these people that make their little New Year's resolution. Right. Right. It's like a little brief blurbo moment in time, and then it falls off for ninety percent. Oh man, January first, man, January first. Yeah. I hate going to the gym on January first. Everyone's it's, it's packed. I gotta wait. There. And you know, you'll never see them again. Well, you see them a year later, but yeah, yeah. You'll, uh, but the, that's the difference, man. That's like that motivation because it's a little quick blurb moment in time, and then it fades off. Whereas versus you, like doing six days a week, that's become an implementation. It's become a lifestyle. Yeah, it's, it, and I don't have to think about it because it's so right. buried in my subconscious now. It's a habit. It's a prosperity habit, and we can really do that with any part, any part of our life, whether it be financial, whether it be relationship wise, whether it be health and fitness wise, whether it be contribution goals or whatever. If we program ourselves properly, then we don't have to use the willpower because it becomes just a prosperity habit. So, are you doing a lot of implementational speaking? What's your business coaching? Tell us a little bit more, will you? Sure. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of speaking um, to tech companies, real estate companies, um, sales companies, and some HR, some HR um, arenas. So I, I do mostly with speaking, and then I have a couple of companies that have me on retainer where I'm, I'm basically consulting with them, um, whether it be with sales or whether it be with HR or you know whatever the, the case may be. But it's mostly speaking and, and consulting. So what's a what's like a typical engagement like? Like uh, you go in there for a day, or how does that work? Yeah, we I basically have like different seminars. Sometimes I'll to a company if it's uh, they're just getting to know me. I'll do a free 30, 45 minute kind of talk. Um, that's really tip tip of the iceberg. Uh, and then there's like a, a two to three hour seminar that gets a little bit more in depth. And then for my bigger events, we do a full day or even a two day thing where we can really, really get into kind of tangible, easy to follow implementation tactics. Um, and we make it super interactive um, where they're walking away from things, walking away with things that, that they can implement that night. And that's their fun work for that night is to go home and implement. And that's the best part about it because when they come back, you know, a lot of what they do, part of their fun work is to share it with somebody not in the room. And usually that's either kids or husbands or wives or whatever. And that creates a lot of synergy. I've, I've gotten so many people that kind of ask me about, um, you know, hey, can you coach my wife or can you coach my husband? Because they go home and share that. And it creates a really create like kind of new dialogue that wasn't there before. And really what that does is, is raise awareness of, of something that's out there that they may not have thought of before. Most of your clients, the majority of them that you're, that you're talking to, you have one thing where these companies are, are void of, you know, what's the one main thing that you see typically across the board where a company, what a company is lacking or where there's a hole? Oh, consistency, for sure. I mean, and I, I think... I think just because so many people rely on willpower and so many people get frustrated because they're relying on willpower, it'll last for a couple weeks. If you're really good, if you really can grind maybe a month, month and a half, probably two months is going to be the max, but people want to start a new action and then they start and man, they go and they go and they go, they're excited and then it fades off because they're starting from the wrong foundation. 
they're not changing the way they think about it. If they change the way they think about it, they're going to change the way they feel. If they change the way they feel, the action and the result becomes a formality. But so many people aren't changing the foundation and they're not conditioning their mind or training their brain to be able to develop a new action. That's without question the first thing that I feel companies are, and just basically individuals, you know, we're essentially all entrepreneurs. So I think all of us, it's a struggle with, with that for sure. You, uh, you preach gratitude. You, you are so grateful for, you're grateful for these things that most people would like drive themselves crazy for. Right. Um, which is which is pretty neat, and I want to get into a little bit of that. You, you're so grateful that you're even grateful for your thunder bender last week. Or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got in an accident, um, and uh, a good friend of mine was in the car, and uh, yeah, I just I, careless, hundred percent my fault, man. I just I rear-ended her, and then my brain it comes so fast now. My brain is so trained. I, before I pick up my phone, before I look at an email, before I write a text message, every single morning, since January sixth of two thousand sixteen, I read my gratitude poem. So it comes fast to me now. So literally, immediately when I rear-ended this lady, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that I have a car, and I'm grateful for I have insurance. Now, I went to talk to lady, and she was extremely fired up. It, it turns out that was literally, it was a brand-new Mercedes, and she had gotten it that day. <laughs> um, but she was, I mean, she was fired, fired up. And I don't know if it was my programming or what, but... It was like, it was immediate for me, and like, I went and I, you know, I had a great day the rest of the day, you know, so that, now it's a car accident, right? That's nothing, something major, but the same principle can be applied no matter what situation it is, and I, I've literally sat down with clients, and, you know, we're talking about diseases and life and death and things like that, and there's a way to basically train to change your perspective no matter what life throws at you, I, I believe. What's your, uh, what's this, this five minute, um, gratitude poem? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, so I have, I, I've been doing it for a long time. So I, I have basically a 25 minute to 30 minute, uh, I've reviewed my, what I call my magnificent obsession, my prosperity plan. Um, the, literally the first part of that is the gratitude poem. So it's a two page poem that I, I wrote. And the first page are things that people usually are complaining about. Um, and the second page are things that are very easy to be grateful for. And I've taken all the things that I used to complain and, and quite frankly, bitch about, and I changed the perspective. So the first one on there was near and dear to my heart because I could not stand being on a plane on a red-eye flight, flying for, say, it's cross-country or whatever. You know, the lights go down. I can sleep on a plane. I always get try to get an aisle seat. So when I was about to fall asleep, they put the lights down, and then a screaming baby just goes off on the plane. That used to drive me up the freaking wall, like, <laughs> like to the point where I was like, I wouldn't sleep the whole flight. I'd be so fired up and stressed out, and those, that was one of my biggest, biggest, biggest pet peeves. And when I learned this about mental conditioning and emotional fitness and training and conditioning my mind... I changed my perspective because I said, look, you know, how many people in the world would kill to hear that, that screaming baby? You know, there's people out there that don't have the sense of hearing, and I'm taking that for granted. So I changed it, and the first thing on my gratitude poem is, I'm grateful for the screaming baby on the plane because it means I can hear. And how grateful I am to be able to have these senses and to be able to hear these things where so many other people don't have it, and I'm taking that for granted. That's um, true. That's so true. Such a unique perspective. I mean, it's obviously so much easier said than done. 
be able to practice that, but, but like you say in your in your speeches and in your in your talks and in your coaching, it's the brain's a muscle, man. Yeah. It needs to be uh, worked out. Absolutely. Constant reps, right? Absolutely. And the more that you do it, the easier it becomes because. Just like it happens fast, I believe in vibration and frequencies, and thought vibrates the fastest. So when you do it over and over and over and over again every single day, I don't care what situation somebody throws at me. If my mind is conditioned, it will come gratitude first. And when gratitude comes first, my perspective is changed. And when my perspective is changed, I have a whole different filter and outlook on my life. And when I do that, life turns around and becomes super abundant and prosperous and awesome, and it happens fast. What gets you down? Man, that's a great question. Honestly, if it's for a split moment, if it has to do with family or friends that are down, you know, I sympathize with them, but then I look at the opportunity because no matter what they give me, what a great opportunity is to be able to change somebody's perspective. Not that I don't have bad things happen to me. I'm just like everybody else. Bad things happen to me, you know, all the time. I'm just able to convert that energy at a much quicker pace. So if somebody comes and they have something that's not going so well for them, and I look at that as an opportunity, let's collaborate and let's try to convert that energy. I, I believe in energy, and it's not about, you know, you have the stimulus that happens, right? And then you have a response. In between that stimulus and that response, we all have a freedom to choose. We can choose with, with excuse my language, but we can choose with bullshit or we can choose with greatness. So if we consistently choose with greatness... It's almost like I, it, it, those things don't affect me because I see opportunity in everything. Because my mind is conditioned to see that. And when that happens, I mean, it's just life becomes easy and awesome. And then what also happens is it becomes easy and awesome for the people around you. you know. And they ask, start asking questions, man, like, what are you doing and how are you doing it? And then you're able to share that with somebody. And to me, that's the greatest feeling on the planet and the greatest form of contribution that there is. First off, if I go an entire episode without a curse word, man, I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, man, I just put up my water. That's funny. I, sometimes I have to keep it under control a little bit. No, that's um, not, on this, not on this show, buddy. Not on this one. <laughs> uh, but back to that. So, so people that are listening, how do they begin implementing this, this, this life of gratitude and this type of, this type of mindset? I mean, look, man, I think gratitude is the absolute core of everything. Everything, 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 everything. I think that's the number one place to start because it's so easy and it's so free. So I would start, I mean, part of my fun work whenever I do a seminar is start, and number one, start small. So I would write a one or two line gratitude poem and read it every single day for 30 days. Okay. And I would take the number one thing that you cannot stand. For me, it was that screaming baby on the plane. I could not stand it. But I had to ask myself, what's the positive side of that? You know, Napoleon Hill called it the seed of equivalent benefit. So what is the benefit of that? And I kept asking myself that question. It took a while for me to answer it. But I kept asking and asking myself. And I was like, well, you know, I can hear. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of people that that can't hear. So I would say to start to shift that perspective is to, number one, don't underestimate the power of gratitude because it's so simple. People just, they, they don't even pay attention to it. They say, yeah, gratitude's great, but they don't implement it or deploy it on a consistent basis because they don't understand the power of it. Yeah, that's, that's so true. It's so hard, man, especially in today's day and age. People are, are fighting fights every single day, and 
trying to find happiness or some kind of inner peace and balance in their life, and uh, it's it's so hard to do. But just like anything else, if you implement it, it'll take time. Right. But when you implement those kind of thoughts and practices, it's no different than doing meditation. I'd imagine. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. That's in that. That's the exact same thing. I mean, I, I call it. Some people call it meditation. Some people call it prayer. Whatever you think it may be. I, I like visualization. I like to think that it's visualizing. Um, I'm a big quote guy. Albert Einstein said, "Visualization is is everything because it's the coming attractions of your life." You know, so I, I like to look at it as that. But but yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same process for sure. Do you do any uh, meditation or yoga? I don't do yoga. I've done. I, I, I do visualization for the 30 minutes every single day. So that that's kind of my form of, of meditation. And you feel it's completely changed your life? Oh, I, without question. <laughs> without question. Like when I. Yeah, so I'll definitely do some consulting. I usually have a couple of calls, um, and then I'm starting to do more and more events. I have an event with uh, Lululemon coming up, and some uh, bigger companies in real estate like Keller Williams and, and Compass. You there? Yep. Can you hear me? Uh, I lost you for a second. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so I typically I'm working on diff- doing different events. Um, I'll do some consulting, and I'll have some calls uh, each day. And then I have some events coming up with real estate companies like Compass or Keller Williams, and then um, with Lululemon as well. That's that's what I really like to do is the events because I feel like people will walk away with implementational tactics that they've heard and they've seen. Kind of, I give an outline on on how I did it, how I started it, and how they can go about it. So I always get great feedback from that because it's kind of a live audience, and, and they can really learn the power of implementation. What was the uh, be awesome event you did last year? That was uh, that was just my own event. Um, that I just we put that on and it was it basically covered what I look at as like kind of the three pillars. Number one is mindset, two is prosperity planning, and three is utopic health. So those three things. I mean, if you can start to learn those, whether you're in whatever industry you're in, if you can understand how to condition your mind, you understand how to write out a prosperity plan and you understand utopic health and how to basically create the health that you want so you can enjoy that time, freedom, and money. Those are the three things that I look at as kind of really developing abundance. Are you going to do it again this year? Um, we're, so we're actually, Lululemon sponsoring me now, so I, I'm, we're doing one that's going to be very, very similar in October. Nice. Yeah. But definitely, we'll be doing one or two of those a year for sure, whether they're sponsored by a company or I just put it on. Who are uh, some of your uh, influences or inspirational people that you uh, like to follow on Instagram? Um, gosh, there's so many of them. I, I, I mean, Tony Robbins is obviously a huge influence. Um, I love Napoleon Hill. I love Jack Canfield. Um, you know, Dave Meltzer, my personal coaches, Dave Meltzer is a huge, huge, huge one. He's been coaching me for a few years now. Um, Weldon Long was a guy that I met a long time ago that was in my industry, heating and air conditioning. And he taught me a lot about the prosperity plan and, and basically a lot of parts about my brain and how they worked and how can I can, I can dictate them. And Dave taught me a lot. He was a big, big gratitude guy and really taught me kind of the core of that, um, how to implement it and what it meant not only for me, but for my family, the ones that I loved, my friends, and basically anybody that I come in contact with. So those were probably two of my biggest mentors. Also love Les Brown, too. Big Les Brown fan. Yeah, those are all great ones. Uh, we'll finish it up shortly, but uh, if, you, if you could look into your crystal ball, 
over the next five years, man? Where do you where do you see this business taking you? Um, I, I love events, man. I, I love, you know, the biggest, the bigger the event, the better, because I know that we can affect people on, on a huge scale. So as I start to kind of build a team that's going to be able to kind of help me and put these events on that are of like mind and really start to spread kind of the implementational tactics that can lead to a higher quality of life, that's, that's really where, where I want to go to be able to like, you know, I can't say it enough, man. We're, I think we're all in sales and people, I think that has a, a, a huge negative connotation to it but I think the first thing that we gotta sell when we get up is us like how awesome this life is how much opportunity I have all the support that I have you know people may not have support from their friends or family but they have access to books they have access to videos they have access to mentors you know we have the freedom to choose and create the life that we want I mean that's that's essentially you know if you wake up thinking of all those great things you're essentially selling your life selling yourself on how awesome the life is how important do you, uh, do you think mentors are for, for people? Essential. Absolutely essential. And those are resources upon resources upon resources on how to create an incredible life. I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. This isn't necessarily my stuff. This is just bits and pieces that I got from mentors that maybe I put my own little twist on it. Um, you know, and again, if we sell ourselves on, I have the ability to read, I have the ability to learn, I have the power to ask questions, I have the power to ask for help, I have to I have the power to portray gratitude. When I learned the things that my mentors did and then I implemented them, it changed everything. So, I, I mean, I, and I think sometimes people, you know, they're like, they're afraid to ask for help and they're afraid to seek mentorship because they think it might come from weakness, but it actually comes from strength. You know, somebody has done, and when I started to meet these people, the best thing that I learned was their mission was to help empower others to empower others. So that's kind of the best way I can pay them back, is basically help live out their mission. No, it's beautiful stuff, man. Thanks. It's great stuff, and, and, and it's all about that mindset. It's amazing how powerful the mind is for all of us. Yep. Uh, we get to, if we get to set it up the way we, we want to, again, like you said, unless there's something catastrophic in our lives that have happened, you know, like this past week, I, I was struggling with uh, pneumonia. Gotcha. And I was in San Antonio in a hotel room, and I'm going, holy shit, I've never had this kind of sickness in my life. And wow. I, didn't even realize, I didn't even realize I had it. Right. And uh, we're sitting there all week long just completely struggling, and I'm going, holy shit, this is what, I mean, if you have no quality of life, or if you have no health, and you have no safety, dude, it doesn't matter what you have, you have nothing. Right, right. And, it's 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 no different from what you're saying. You hear a crying baby on a plane. Be grateful you can hear. Yep. Like that aren't gonna crush you. Just 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 accept them and be and put a little twist on it. I think it's a uh, it's powerful stuff. Where can where can people find you online? Um, my YouTube is uh, Ricky Mendez speaks. My Instagram is Ricky Mendez speaks. Um, I got a Facebook page that's under Ricky Mendez. Um, the website's RickyMendez.com. Uh, but all those places. And you do travel all over the country or yeah yeah i actually recently got a gig in sydney so i will soon one of my goals in the last year was to be a global speaker so that will soon be fulfilled <laughs> there you go, buddy. Yeah. Hey, uh, and i really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insight sure uh, thank you i'll continue to follow you and, and uh if, if you do have any events man please keep me posted be happy to uh, take a look at those for sure man for sure and thanks uh thank you so much i appreciate the time for sure Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Nate. All right.